G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might have heard the expression, happy wife, happy life. But what about happy husbands? Let's spend a few minutes talking about happy husbands today and the way women think about husbands in their relationship because it might appear that lots of relationships can be somehow rather on the rocks or there can be separation and divorce that can come because of misunderstandings. And so if you have some understanding about how men and women function, how we all tick together, that might be a safeguard. We're back today with more insights on a practical level with former pastor and now Christian therapeutic life coach Peter Sorkia, who leads Empowering You. Peter, welcome along to 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. Peter, men and women, uh, there's an old book that was very popular. Uh, women are from Venus, men are from Mars. Or have I got that the wrong way around? Uh, the idea that we are wired differently, that we think differently. What are your thoughts here? Well, that book was very good. It's a bit of a, a staple, isn't it? And it's pretty true. Not a Christian viewpoint. However, I do think there was a lot in that. And it was probably one of the first books that really did suggest that we are different. And science backs that up. Our brains are different. Men's brains are bigger than women's brains. You'll be um, cheering. I can hear you cheering, I think. Well, um, I've heard that before, <laughs> and I'm cautious about cheering. <laughs> okay. But the thing is that women's brains are actually more efficient. <laughs> there you go. So okay. our, our brains work harder, and we have more happening between the left and right hemispheres. But the reason that... Um, I'm talking about happy husbands is because, as you mentioned in the intro, many men are faced all of a sudden with their wives who are unhappy and have been unhappy for a long time and want separation or divorce, and they have no idea why this is occurring and what they haven't done or have done. So I'm really here to educate men uh, as best as, that, as I can as a woman. I've done some coaching and online coaching for wives and now I'm doing some for men because I really want men, whether they're married or not quite married yet or looking to be married, I really want them to have from a female perspective and from the science as well, what it is that they need to know to keep their wives happy because this is important. Wives, happy, happy wife, happy life, as you mentioned. Uh, yes, but then do you take time to talk to the wives about the happy husband and is there something in there that you share as a key? I've definitely worked with many, many wives and I have worked with groups of women as well and share with them absolutely what they need to know about men because we think so totally different and women think that men think like them and vice versa. So women think that because our brains are so busy and we're always 
looking at the environment and scanning it and working out who's talking to who and who's not talking and who that person is wearing and, and what that person's doing. And so we are scanning the environment intuitively and we assume that men are doing that and understand all of that as well and they don't. So women do need to know that, but men need to know that women are doing that. Women's minds are never silent and are never still and that um, they are always scanning their mate, their husband, to see if everything is fine, and it's often not. So when we're trying to identify simple things, and no doubt this gets very complex, but looking for simple things like, yes, a woman is scanning for a whole lot of things that a man, that a man is not even concerned about. There might be some things that men are scanning that women are not concerned about. And I've heard this spoken, that men are interested in, you know, security issues. And we've got an eye on what's happening on the periphery that might be a threat to us. Uh, But that's not the sort of thing that a woman is typically scanning for. That's right. Men are scanning for and looking for and concerned with the safety and the provision for their their wife, for their family. And they are... Uh, considering the things that they need to do to provide and keep everything safe and stable for the family. The woman needs that. She knows that to a certain extent, but she's looking at more the emotional side of things and the communication side of things in the family. So we we were created completely differently for a very good purpose, to complement one another and to make the two becoming one complete and whole and wholesome and fulfilled and a whole lot of other reasons. God had a wonderful plan in mind and unfortunately the enemy has his plan and uh, is trying to bring down marriage. And marriage is so important, so important for our, our culture, for society and uh, the more we can do to learn about the, the, the other side that we're married to, um, the other gender, the more we can learn about that, the better. And, and you were telling me, Neil, that you have a, a wife and three daughters, so you must know a lot about women. You've lived with women for many, many years, a I've lot got of a, them. I've got a wife and four daughters, I think. Oh, four uh, daughters. You, yes. So, uh, yes, well, I like to think I've got a little bit of a head start on a lot of men, and uh, probably my long experience might give me some insight, but it might also give me a story or two to tell as to whether... Uh, I've missed the mark at different times, and uh, oh. I can probably tell you a few of those. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Hey, Peter, when we talk about God in the marriage, uh, men, women, wired differently, how do we bring God into uh, an appreciation of difference? Uh, is there something special we need to perhaps humble ourselves in to refocus on so that we can understand a divine difference and then celebrate that rather than be at loggerheads with one another? Oh, that's the key, isn't it? Uh, to celebrate the differences and to recognise that we are complementary and those things can be complementary rather than trying to make our spouse like ourselves. So that is the key. And often that takes some time as the marriage uh, grows and you work through some issues and you mellow, so it can take some time. There are some uh, spots in marital relationships that are particularly precarious and where uh, separation or divorce can occur, and so we do need to be aware of these and try to work uh, towards uh, 
solving the issues at these points, but generally the research shows that in the first 12 months it's a bit um, tricky, a bit dicey. At seven years, the seven-year itch is quite correct, and there's a new time, which is the 20-year mark, and that's when the kids have just about left, might be empty nesting, and you've focused as a couple so much on the children and haven't had to focus on each other that you've lost each other. And then when they start to leave, there's nothing left. So these are some times that we could be looking at working on our marriage. Always is a good time. Um, But yes, you're asking about the the God perspective. Okay, so being humble, um, recognizing that the log in your own eye is bigger than the speck in, in your spouse's eye. That's a good one. And recognizing that what you are seeing Uh, you aren't seeing about yourself. You're seeing what's wrong with them and both parties are doing that. So we do need to recognise that, hey, we need to change. Um, I love the last two verses of Psalm 139. I love the the whole uh, chapter, Psalm 139. That's where God says that he knows us from the beginning of time and there's a book about us. Beautiful. The last two verses are, Search me, God, know my heart. Test me, know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and guide me along the path of everlasting life. That is a very good couple of verses to pray, to ask God to show you, to show me the log in my own eye, just to grow me and to develop me so that I can be a better spouse for my spouse, my husband, my wife, so that I can grow and develop and help my husband and my wife grow and develop after I'm, I've been growing and developing. I can't change him. He can't change me. But I can change the atmosphere so that it provides a beautiful atmosphere to enable him to change if that's what God wants. Important, no doubt, to be able to identify those vulnerability points in your own relationship. And maybe they vary from one couple to another. But as you talk about uh, different points, say a seven-year itch or uh, children reaching adulthood and becoming empty nesters, uh, things that might even be divorce predictors, I think you call them, uh, you've got some avoidance strategies. So where do those avoidance strategies come from and how do you best practically get those in place so you can protect your marriage? There's a great deal of evidence that has been collected by a centre, a research centre in the States, and it's called the Gottman Institute, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, Gottman Institute, and that's run by a couple, the Gottman couple. So the Gottman Institute have spent many, many decades researching what does work in marriages and what does work in marriages. So they put together a whole lot of resources People can Google Gottman Institute and you will find a lot of free resources there to help you in your marriage. They are not Christians. They're a a Jewish couple. Um, Lots of insight, however. And some of the things that they suggest, so here's just a couple of interventions which can reduce the incidence of separation and divorce. And they, they lie along the lines of turning towards, against and away from. When our spouse makes a bid for connection, so they can type in bids for connection and it'll come up on their website. When a husband or a wife maybe touches the arm of their spouse and wants to get their attention, 
but the spouse is in too much of a hurry and says, oh, I've got time now, rushes away. What that is, there was a bid for connection by the one that was touching. The one that's running away is has turned away. Uh, if there was a bid for connection and the, the spouse says, oh, can you help me cook the dinner tonight? You know, I'm really tired. And, and the spouse comes back and says, no, I'm not cooking the dinner. I've cooked it the last week. And who do you think you are cooking? You always ask me to cook the dinner. Okay, what that is, it's a bid for connection. Maybe that spouse wants just to be close and to cook the dinner together. But when the other one starts um, accusing, uh, we've got a problem there accusation and what that is is turning against turning against not healthy for the marriage okay there's the two that aren't healthy for the marriage the worst of those is the turning away you would think it's the loud yelling at but when you're yelling you're trying to connect (laughs) okay maybe not a good way when the other one that is the preferred one that's going to help your marriage is turning towards So your spouse comes and says, oh, let's go for a walk. And you might be busy. My husband and I do this a lot. Walk time or something, and I might be in the middle of something. So my husband has alerted me he's going for a walk, and I'm right in the middle of something. Instead of saying I can't, sometimes I may have to, but I will say, give me five minutes, give me a couple of minutes. Okay, so now we go for a walk together. So he has made a bid for connection, and I have turned towards and so now we are together, we're going for a walk, we can communicate, we can talk about the weather, we can take our masks off, hallelujah. I'm in Melbourne, our masks are off outside, it's wonderful. Uh, so we can communicate. So that's turning towards the best, turning away the worst of the three, turning against, which is still some sort of connection, but it's a loud connection and not necessarily helpful. (laughs) Okay, so that's just one of the strategies that comes out of the Gottman Institute to help your marriage. Well, always appreciate those wonderfully practical insights that you have, Peter. Uh, Let me just finish on this point here. No doubt there'll be listeners who are saying, well, uh, you know, Peter's a long way away. She's in Victoria. I could connect with her on the website. That's all good. But for that face-to-face opportunity that people might have to strengthen their marriages, a lot of churches have someone in their church who likes to work with strengthening and enriching marriages. Connecting with those people in church life is a very positive thing, isn't it? Oh, if you can be with other like-minded people and they can encourage you when you are feeling discouraged, it's marvellous. Yes, it's, it's wonderful. Right. Well, let me point people to the website where you could connect with Peter Sorkia. That's spelled S-O-O-R-K-I-A. Peter's website is called PeterEmpoweringYou.com. And keep an eye out for a couple of Peter's books, one called Unfrazzle and Redazzle, Finding Real Peace, God's Peace, Freedom and Beauty. And uh, the other one, Inquisitive, a reflective journal finding meaning in the middle of your mess. PeterEmpoweringYou.com. Peter, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 